All right, hey folks, so we are back for part three of the Recomp series. Today I'm going to cover diet, but before we get into that, I just want to quickly recap where we're at so far. In part one, I discussed what it is and who it's for. A Recomp is the simultaneous building of muscle and dropping of body fat over time, a long time. It's a long process. Wouldn't generally be my go-to choice for most people. I think for most people, bulking and cutting would probably net a better result. But there are specific circumstances where it might warrant a recomp. So who it's for? Really for anyone who's a little bit sick of the bulk and cut cycles and who hasn't had the level of success with them as they would like, it's another option. It can be a viable strategy for everyone. You're probably going to get better results building muscle on a bulk and dropping body fat on a cut. I mentioned that there are two vectors for growing muscle. One is the training and the other is the diet. And when you're bulking, you take advantage of both vectors. You have the influx of extra calories. You also have the hard training. When you're recomping, you don't necessarily have the influx of excess calories, but you do have enough calories to train really hard. And that is what you've got to leverage. And in part two, I discussed how to effectively go about training. And just to quickly recap that, I said that intensity comes first. So that is, you've got to train hard and you've got to train in the right rep range. Not too low, not too high. In that nice bodybuilding range, my personal preference is the rep ranges of 5 to 10 and 10 to 15. I think that's a pretty good way to go. 5 to 10 for the majority of compounds, 10 to 15 for some either leg work or isolation exercises. Works pretty well. Now... Within that, what I'm going to say about diet today is I believe that the importance of diet when it comes to recomp has been vastly overplayed because people don't really understand what it is or how it works or practically how to do it. They come up with just random recommendations which don't really work. So, for example, one of the things that people say is to go for super high protein intake and the study which is commonly cited to support this is a series of studies by Jose Antonio, which looked at super high levels of protein. While I do like Jose Antonio, I respect his work. I think those studies had some fairly major gaps in adherence, which is probably what skewed the results. So I wouldn't rely on super high protein. I think that's just something people say to try and give you something to go on when it comes to diet. But as I'm going to explain to you, diet is very secondary to training. We need to be focused on a good diet. And I'll explain what that means. Other thing is you also don't want to go too low with the protein intake. Like I've heard some people say, everybody just needs the same amount of protein, which I think that's a really odd arbitrary measure. The very definition of arbitrary is to give everybody the same standard protein without any consideration for individual circumstance or nuance. That is the definition of arbitrary. So. I wouldn't do that. Generally, what you want to try and do is have your protein at a reasonable level. You wouldn't give a 300-pound male the same protein intake as a 120-pound girl. So there has to be somewhat individualized. And I think, in general, about 0.8 grams per pound for a reasonably lean individual is about right. Now, I say reasonably lean because if you are very overweight, you shouldn't be recomping. You should be cutting. So the recomp, as I specified in part one, should be for people anywhere between 20 to 25% body fat range. It is the range where a lot of people find themselves in. They're not out and out obese, 
but they're also not really lean enough to be very impressive. So it's a good strategy for those people. Now, in terms of diet, as I say, protein is important, but what's more important is just to get some protein at every meal. Make sure you have some fruit or vegetables at every meal as well. Combine the two and you're pretty good. That is the basis of what you need. Now, in addition to that, add in extras like healthy fats. My personal favorites are walnuts, olive oil. Also add in some nice, good, tasty sources of carbs like rice, potatoes, perhaps some pasta or some bread, enough that you are able to maintain your weight. So the other thing I should say at this point is more the mentality and the philosophy around diet. And it fits in quite nicely here when we're talking about diet quality. You should try and view this for what it is. Natural Hypertrophy said this really well in his videos about recomposition. You cannot view this as maintenance. This is a recomp. If you view this as maintenance, you may be tempted to be a little bit slack about your dietary approach. You can't afford to be slack. You are going out there trying to build muscle. It just so happens that as you're building muscle, your body weight is not really going anywhere because the muscle you build is also going to come at the expense of body fat. So you have to be very aggressive with finding great food choices. You are going to be fueling your body just as hard as if you were on a bulk. You can't just blow past muscle growth with excess calories. So everything that goes in your mouth, you have to really focus on getting good quality food in. And that's kind of what this video is going to be about. It's a big focus in making sure you give your body good quality food. We're not just trying to maintain body weight. We are literally trying to build muscle. We are trying to build muscle, which usually comes alongside excellent health. It's a minor point, but it's an important one. And I'm going to explain a bit more about it over the course of this video. I have a few notes to explain this to you guys. But firstly, let's talk a bit more about how do we accomplish this week by week and on the scale. So I think you should track your body weight. I'm not a massive fan of tracking calories. You can do if you like. I have nothing against that. If you would like to, go for it. But you should definitely track body weight. I think depending on your own personal desire for tracking body weight, you can track it either daily and form a weekly average, or you can track it weekly, or you can even track it monthly. Either way, the point is you want to use the tracking method, which allows you to move away from the obsessive bulking and cutting cycles. Now, I know people who don't like to track their body weight daily. And I get it. They have a bad relationship with the scale. Perhaps they've not had much success in the past with bulking, with cutting, or usually with cutting. So they end up with a bad relationship with the scale. I get it. Me personally, I don't mind. I weigh myself daily. I switch my phone on. My phone picks up my weight. It goes into an app and it forms a chart. It's super easy. The technology these days is amazing. So I can do that first thing in the morning. I'm just rubbing sleep out of my eyes. I go into the bathroom, go for a wee, weigh myself. All I have is just switch my phone on and I'm good to go. It's that easy. So I have absolutely no problem weighing myself every morning. For some people, it represents more of a psychological barrier. So it's fine. But I think you should track your body weight at least once every while, just to make sure you are keeping your body weight roughly the same. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the diet, how to eat. Now, remember the goal with this is to try and move away from the very obsessive bulking cutting cycles. So just like with tracking your body weight, you don't want to eat in a way which is going to cause you to have these obsessive thoughts about diet. Because a lot of times what comes alongside the bulking and cutting, particularly the failed bulking and cutting, is some very obsessive 
almost disordered ways of eating that bodybuilders and bodybuilding enthusiasts get themselves into. I would try and avoid large peaks and troughs of calorie intake. Try to spread your calories evenly across the week. Now, some of the biggest culprits are eating a lot in the evenings and also eating a lot in the weekend. Those are some of the biggest culprits for this that I've seen. People who leverage a lot of calories at nighttime and people who leverage a lot of calories on the weekend. It's gotten to the point now where people actually try and try and convince themselves that this is an eating strategy. I've seen this about on social media many times. People say, yeah, I want to save all my calories before I go to sleep. And that's what helps me sleep. So I would advise people, if you are going to utilize fasting and you can do it in a way which allows you to get good results for you, great. But if you're trying to utilize fasting and you are eating a lot of your calories at nighttime and potentially on the weekend, and you're still overweight and you struggle with binge eating, then you may want to just acknowledge that's not working for you. I'm trying to be nice about this, but let's just strip away the niceties for a second. If you are somebody who either does or promotes lots of calories at night, most of your daily calories at night, and you also have a lot of calories on the weekend, and you still have binging problems and you're overweight, stay in your lane. Understand you don't know anything about diet and stop promoting that nonsense. Just trying to be blunt for a second to wake people up because there are people out there who like to hear good news about their bad habits, and that's one of them. Now, if you're successfully implementing fasting and it works for you, great. I like fasting. I quite like 24-hour fasts. I know Freaky D has recently lost a lot of weight. He likes fasting as well. So Alex, Mouth Destiny. But there are people who it doesn't work for. And you have to be open and honest about that. It's the same with training. Some of you guys, you might not like low volume training. You might not like super high volume training. It's not for you, right? But it might be for somebody else. So you have to just acknowledge that. And if it's not for you, let it go. I think what a lot of people do is they have troubles with diets, but they stubbornly insist on keeping that dietary method alive. So it becomes almost a self-made prison for them. They're not getting results. They're on this obsessive wheel of bad dietary choices and then justifying the habits which lead them back to the bad dietary choices. You have to break out of that cycle. I recently had a client on onboarded, a Robert, hello, who had trouble with nighttime binging. And one of the reasons was he was being convinced that an eating strategy to help him with nighttime binging was to drop calories in the daytime so he could leverage his calories at night. Sounds like a reasonable idea, except the problem is by doing that, you are literally training yourself to want more calories in the evening. So he was making his situation worse. What happened was during the course of the daytime, he was just reinforcing the hunger which arrived at nighttime and he couldn't even sleep through it. He was that hungry. It was a disastrous strategy. He was also training his body to want more and more food at night and to want larger and larger meals, which were never going to satisfy him. As he went more and more into that diet, he was less and less able to satisfy that hunger, which was building up throughout the day. So I got him to the point where he was eating evenly throughout the day. That started to curb his appetite at night and he's having much less problems with that. Simple solutions, but this goes to show that people get stuck in this sort of tribalism. If 
you don't have a great deal of luck with leveraging calories in certain areas of the week, like at nighttime or using lots and lots of fasting. If you haven't had much luck with that, then stop it. Try something else. If you have, great, carry on. But you have to be honest with yourself. I hope that makes sense. So what I would prefer to see is food spread evenly throughout the day. Metabolism and energy is very adaptive. So I want you to try and keep your energy levels high by providing yourself with good quality food evenly throughout the day. One of the issues with leveraging a lot of food in certain portions of the day is that will create an energy slump when you're not getting food. For a lot of people, fasting through the day actually decreases their energy, certainly in the long term. Initially, they might go, yeah, I'm really buzzing. I get lots of energy. But after a while, once the novelty effect wears off, it gets tiring. And when I'm saying that, it, sometimes it takes years. So I remember when I first started fasting, doing 24-hour fast, I was so hyped. It was awesome. But <laughs> what I didn't realize was a couple of years down the line, that same eating strategy stopped working for me because my body was used to it. And so what happened was I just ended up slowing down. And it ended up having the opposite effect of what it had in the beginning. And see, I was at least intelligent enough to understand that and see it in my own training. So I stopped doing it and I experimented with different eating schedules. For a lot of people, they wear their eating schedule like a badge of honor and they just stick to that through thick and thin. You don't have to be loyal to an eating recommendation or somebody who's telling you to eat that way. Do what's best for you. So my general preference is to leverage food throughout the day, particularly for a recomposition. You should have a decent amount of energy coming in throughout the day to ensure your metabolism stays high, your energetic, your NEAT stays high. And if you have been cutting for a long time and you start to reintroduce food for the recomposition, you'll probably notice your energy levels start to come up a little bit. That's good. Energy will come up, your mood will come up, your sleep will be better, and that's where you want to be because that is where the best training can be done, which is the point of the recomposition. What this entire conversation is leading into is this. The goal is going to be to find a variety of foods which suit your body. Because you are on a recomposition, you're not on a cut, you're not on a bulk, you have the freedom to experiment with some food combinations that work for you. There is no need to lose body weight right now. You are recompositioning, okay? So try and experiment with some foods which work for you. Now, I did a video not long ago which detailed what I eat. And it's generally what I eat on a daily basis. I eat predominantly a diet of mostly fruits and vegetables with some lean proteins thrown in. But I eat quite a lot of rice. I quite like bread. I quite like sourdough with peanut butter. I have some oily fish too, like mackerel, salmon, I quite like as well. Yeah, so I have a pretty varied diet, but really it's all, mostly all not just whole foods, but I would say predominantly fruits and vegetables. I'm no longer a massive fan of protein leveraging. I don't think it works anywhere near as well as really increasing your fiber intake. I think that has a much better standing. And this is what I've seen. I think you could have some pretty extreme situations where you have really super high protein and very little else, but they tend to, they tend to almost inevitably lead to binging. So I'm not a huge fan. The guys who really like that kind of stuff, the protein leverage stuff, inevitably do binge quite a lot and they still binge. You haven't really got their eating under control. I found the guys who are much steadier with their eating tend to have a lot of fiber, almost inevitably. Yeah, I think respect the food matrix, respect the whole foods, make sure you're getting the right quality, quantity of whole foods. So the higher fiber foods, I tend to prioritize much more than higher protein or higher fat. Just because as a coach now, I've seen many more people have better results with that approach. I think the focus on calories and macros has somewhat perverted our view of food. I also think 
this whole idea that food is to be used for fuel is a little bit stupid. The whole bodybuilder kind of cringe meme that I view food as fuel kind of thing. It's just, it's really cringe. And also it's just not true. Like food is to be enjoyed. You should enjoy your food. You should eat and enjoy it and eat it socially as well. So just to summarize this, just to talk about what we've talked about. Firstly, I think you should prioritize a high quality diet, which respects the food matrix, mostly whole foods, a reasonable amount of protein, not excessive, a good high amount of fiber and fiber rich foods. We also talked about how to track body weight to make sure that's consistent and also trying to have an even spread of food throughout the day and throughout the week. I think those are key points when it comes to recomposition, trying to keep your energy levels high, trying to keep your metabolism high, not falling prey to binge purge cycles. We don't want to fall into the trap of people who maintain their weight when they're trying to cut because they just cut hard, then they binge. That's not a recomp. What we're after is a good amount of food throughout the week, throughout the day to encourage high energy levels, excellent training intensity. And so the diet is really just there to support the training. The training is the main vector for recomposition. Okay, I'm going to call it there. Part four is going to be a roundup of any questions that have come up with this topic. There's been some really good points that have come up already. And if you have any more, stick them in the comments down below. Okay, I'll call it there. I'll speak to you in the final part. Take care.